We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show, a special episode coming at you, previewing the National League wildcard game. Uh, before we get to our, our guest on this show, Scott, how you doing? Good. You know, I'm excited to, to get a little bit of perspective from the other side, from a, from a Cubs fan. Um, you know, Corey uh, with Ivy Envy has a, has a good show over there. And, you know, just hearing from the Cubs, I think it's the most interesting fan base in the National League right now are the Chicago Cubs, obviously just because of the history and, you know, they have such a young team. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to hear about that. And um, I know you and I will later in the episode talk a little bit what happened today because we definitely had some news with, with CC and all the, uh, the, the kind of – Bomb of a, a bomb that he dropped on everybody, uh, you know, going into rehab. So, we'll we'll definitely get into all that. I definitely have some theories about that. But uh, as you mentioned, we have Corey from IVNV Podcast, which is a Cubs podcast, joining us. Corey, what's up? Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. 
Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So you guys got a big game on Wednesday, much like the Yankee fans. You know, how you, what's your general feelings going into this game? Well, I mean, this is something that uh, Cubs fans uh, are, are not – we don't really know how to conduct ourselves right now. Um, we've never played in the, in the uh, wild card game. Uh, we have not, uh, you know, this one game thing. And uh, we haven't been to the playoffs since 2008. And so uh, that, you know, that feels like a lifetime ago with when you're going through a, a uh, after the 2008 season, everything kind of going downhill and then a total rebuild and everything and really everything being brought up from within the system and everything. It just seems like we've been through so much. And uh, this whole season has just been a trip. I mean, it's just been so bizarre, so much fun. This team has so much personality and they're just having so much fun and they're kids and so um i don't know like I, I i'm just as far as this game on wednesday goes this wild card game i'm just all over the place emotionally <laughs> i go from like you know we have jake arietta going to the mound and he's like nobody can hit off him the second half of this season and so i i should be feeling really confident but there's always that, you know, a Cub fan like, oh, but this is where this will be his one bad outing. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not even that. I mean, it's a one game playoff. It's a game seven. Anything can happen. Even if he goes out there and gives up one run, it's like you still could lose the game. So totally understand being a nervous wreck at this point. Um, I did want to talk to you, though, about uh, how you mentioned it was a long rebuild, a long road back for the Cubs. But I don't think anybody thought they were going to be as good as they are this year. No, no, I don't think so at all. I mean, even the most optimistic Cubs fans were predicting like maybe around 90 wins. Um, I, I, if I remember, I said like 83 or 85. I thought they'd be slightly over 500. And you would have been is, okay with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that is a huge improvement to what they had been the last couple of years. Um, you just didn't expect like a team full of rookies to come up and win 97 games, especially in a division with a 100-game winner and a 98-game winner. I mean, you just wouldn't expect that. Go, going into the season, too, though, I mean, new new manager, Joe Madden, the, the, we, we have a lot of experience with him from Tampa Bay. Um, it seemed like he had a lot of confidence walking in to, to you know, the roster and the things you guys bringing in Lester, um, uh, seeing what, you know, Theo has done. He definitely had a lot of confidence, so that had to feel good going in at least the manager. I mean, and when he talks, he speaks with conviction. Like, I, first of all, in case you, uh, Andrew and I did a kind of a manager ranking, and we both ranked Joe Madden as number one, uh, number one manager in Major League Baseball. So we're, we're a little jealous of your guy, especially for oh, a young team like the Cubs. Yeah, right. He's like the perfect fit for them yeah. right now. And uh, when um, I didn't know that much about him uh, when he got hired, I mean, obviously I knew his reputation and stuff. And then um, his opening press conference when he was hired just blew me away. I mean, the, the insight that that guy has into the game of baseball and how much he is willing to dive deep into it in a press conference. I mean, his post-game press conferences have been amazing, but it's just like he is the perfect fit for a young team. I mean, these they are literally kids. They're like yeah. 21, 22 years old. The, like the veteran is Anthony Rizzo, and he just turned 26. That's uh, funny. And so, yeah, just the the perfect manager for this team. Well, it's not his first rodeo either because he's done it with Tampa Bay. I mean, when when he t when he was with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was in a similar situation where they had struggled for a long time. They kind of racked up the draft picks. They had a lot of talent in the minor leagues, and these guys started coming up. 
you know, around the same time. And he he kind of holstered all that talent and the youth and exuberance and uh, and lack of experience and, and turned it into something great. And he's definitely doing it there. Yeah. And it's so much, you know, you kind of heard about all of his, you know, the 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 uh shifting dance parties i mean you heard about all that off yeah, the like field. the clubhouse shenanigans he'll bring in right. like a like a anaconda or something into the clubhouse right. yeah they did like a zoo day at Wrigley yeah i saw that oh and he, he walked into the press conference with a flamingo i mean you know he just does that kind of stuff and i'd heard a lot about that kind of stuff but it's really just it's amazing to watch him manage a game and, and his instincts are just incredible and, and what's fascinating is the guy is rarely wrong I mean, rarely does a decision that he makes go against him. He's just, I don't don't know. What's that like? Yeah, what is that like? (laughs) I'm so not used to it that it's just like, it's so bizarre to watch and so exciting. And I mean, that's just made this whole season just a joy to watch this team. And this is a team that, you know, we've been podcasting on the Cubs for seven years. And I mean, it's, it's tough when you lose interest. I mean, when when they're losing 100 games in the season and you're ready in July to be done watching them and just to have to, you know, plod through just terrible, you know, there were entire weeks where they just didn't win and we had to try to figure out what to talk about. And so that's what's just made this season so much fun. And, and as a fan, as a podcaster, it's just it's been amazing. Well, you mentioned Joe, Joe Madden, you know, he, how he had so many right moves and, you know, I'm sure he's made a handful plenty of bad moves that didn't work out but but you as a fan have confidence that he's going to make the right move and I'm sure his team also has confidence that he's going to make the right move if if the team is confident in the move even if it may have been the wrong move it could still work out that might sound stupid but if you bring out a guy out of the bullpen and he has confidence that his manager trusts him to get this you know that out that that could go a long way yeah i think especially yeah with a young team because, uh, I mean, and I think you guys can kind of, you know, I think this is baseball wide. Like your team gets down and it's like, yep, they're not coming back from that. And this team like has, has not, like they've put up five, six, seven runs an inning regularly. And they'll do it like they've had the most walk-offs in, in club history. Organization, you know, this has been, a, they've been around since like 1876. And they have the most walk-offs in the organiza- organization's history. And it's like, being down by two runs in the ninth inning, I'm just like, oh, okay. Now, normally I'd say, okay, time to turn it off, go do lawn work or something. And now I'm like, oh, wait, I got to make sure I'm in front of the TV and not listening on the radio because they're going to come back. And it's just, it, I think you're right. Like he can, he just instills that confidence in a young team and they've just, they thrive under that. Man, I'm getting jealous. You just talking about this right now. It's, it's, but you know what? Look, you've earned it. I mean, you just said you've been podcasting for seven years. First of all, cheers to that. That's that's impressive. Um, and I, I, I know those have been tough years. <laughs> they have been tough years getting on every week or however many shows you guys do um, and, and talking about the team. So, you know, it's uh, well-deserved, I guess, you know, for, for what you guys are seeing now. It's, uh, that, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. It makes it that much sweeter. Yeah, it's it's been a blast. And, you know, I guess for practical purposes, it gave us plenty of time to – figure out what we were as a podcast so that uh, when things finally got good, we knew what we were waiting for. And, and you know, you kind of, it's, it's uh, you kind of imagine like, okay, what's when they get to the playoffs, I, I was thinking about this 
just last week that at the beginning of the season, I thought, well, we better come up with like what our postseason strategy is going to be as far as episodes and stuff go, because mm. we'll probably need to know that in 2016, you know, have to start. <laughs> that. And then about like three weeks ago, it hit me and I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to figure this out. It's going to happen <laughs> like in a matter of a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, Scott and I just started the podcast this year, and I mean, last couple of years, the Yankees haven't made the playoffs, but at least they've been competitive down to the last couple of weeks of the season. And to be honest, that's what I was expecting again from this team. Um, they they definitely probably peaked over the summer, but it has been an interesting year for this team. So, uh, you know, I don't know what we're going to do, Scott, if we're, we ever find ourselves in a situation where the Yankees are winning 73 games. We just gotta take it, man, and uh, and do a Corey. We gotta take a little note from uh, from our Cubs fan over here, and uh, just get through the trenches. And there will be hope on the other side. But as a Yankees fan, I'm not used to that. We're spoiled rotten. That's the problem. <laughs> we are spoiled rotten. So Corey, we, we expect we expect world world championships every year. So so Corey, you mentioned you're you're a nervous wreck. What do you think the feeling is around Chicago for this for this game? Well, I think that I think. Cubs fans, at least most of the Cubs fans that I know, most of the people that listen to our podcast, we try to be fairly rational about this. And so one thing that we've kind of like, I've heard a lot of people say, and we've said it on our podcast is it was really important to like draw a line in the sand yesterday. The, the last, the last game of the season is done. No matter what happens from here on out, good or bad, this 2015 season was incredible. And, and, and by far the most fun I have ever had in a Cubs season in my lifetime. And so I, I think that there's kind of this, like we're kind of in this weird in-between place where it's like, you want to really appreciate what we just witnessed. And at the same time, you don't want to like say, Oh, it doesn't really matter what happens from here on out because it was a success right now. I mean, everybody's zero and zero heading into the playoffs. And so now it's like, I have that hunger for them to go, you know, I have a hunger for a world championship and it's going to hurt if they don't get that. But at the same time, I, you kind of have to be able to step back and say, you know what, really, this is year one. All of these rookies just came up this season, and we have a number of years ahead of us where this team can kind of build off of their experiences and everything. But I, I think that's kind of where a lot of fans are. You know, it's not like there's no way. I mean, I would really have to question your sanity if, like, you would – I mean, you guys know, know how it goes with sports fans. As soon as somebody gets eliminated in the playoffs, somebody's calling for the GM's job and everything and, and the, the president and owners and everything like that. And uh, it just doesn't feel like we're kind of in that state with this team because right now it's just, hey, this team is young and dumb and, and really just too dumb to lose. And so I think a lot of fans kind of have that same mentality. A lot of Yankee fans feel that the Yankees are too dumb to win. So that must be nice to have. <laughs> But uh, you did mention how it's such a young team. It definitely does seem like the window is just opening for the Cubs. But at the same time, you look at it and they won 97 games. And if you were to be one and done in the playoffs after a 97 win season, that would suck. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you look at other teams. I mean, there's no guarantees. This is year one, but there are no guarantees. Look at the Nationals. I mean, you just you, you never know what's going to happen. And so if you're when you get to the postseason, you just have to take advantage of it. And yeah, when you look at it that way, like this team won 97 win, won 97 games and could be done Wednesday night. That that's that's depressing. But that's the way it's set up. That's the way it is. 
Well, we're rooting for you because you guys are going up against Jarrett Cole, who should have been a Yankee, uh, was drafted by the Yankees, decided not to sign, and went back into, I think he went back into the draft the next year and, and signed with the Pirates. So uh, so go Cubs, man. Jake Arrieta, he, was, uh, he came up with the Orioles, right? Yeah, thank God the Orioles gave up on him because yeah, they'd be scary I, if they still had him. The Orioles really made a lot of bad decisions with their pitching staff, and that was definitely one of them, getting getting rid of him. Um, you, could start to, you could start to see him coming around. I think uh, his last two years with the Orioles. So um, I kind of looked up and realized that he had 20 wins. I, I didn't even realize that. So he, you know, you must be pretty confident walking into that. Um, I know Jared Cole's had a good year as well. Oh yeah, I mean Arietta's just been absolute. You you look at his second half numbers and it is just insane. I mean he has just been so dominant. He's given up uh, since like July something. Uh, he's given up uh, two home runs. And in that period of time, he's hit two home runs. Um, and his ERA is lower than his whip. I mean, he's just been, like, absolutely bonkers good. So much fun to watch. Um, and, and so, yeah, you have confidence going into to Pittsburgh. And they um, he just faced Pittsburgh last weekend. And I think he gave up one hit in seven uh, innings. And, and, I mean, he's just he, – they haven't figured him out. And so you have to be confident about it. But, yeah, it's that one-game thing where who knows who, who – and that's what really sucks about the idea of a one game elimination is that a single play can 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 change a ball game right, where right. a single play really can't change a series right, and right. so that's but that's the scary part this of it this is coming from a cubs fan right right <laughs> but you mentioned that you know he was with the orioles i mean that that there have been so many trades that uh theo epstein and, and jed hoyer have made since they came over to the cubs they've just picked people's pockets i mean yeah. they traded um they got jake arietta and then pedro strope who's the the setup guy uh they gave up steve clevenger who was like a backup catcher and uh scott feldman and so i mean and you look at like they got addison russell from the from the uh the A's for Jeff Samarja and so it was it was so much fun with the the previous GMs and everything it just it wasn't fun to watch them because they typically got taken advantage of if they made any moves typically they didn't make it felt like they were never making moves and so it's just been so much fun to watch the Cubs come out on top in these trades and I think Jake Arrieta is like the the number one that's that's he's the trophy piece right now and Ariad is like an interesting dude. I've, I've read a little bit about him. He's he's like a workout freak, and he, and he just seems like an interesting guy to sort of interesting guy to have on your team. And the fact that he's your ace, it's just um, you know how I'm sure you can tell us a little bit more about him. But uh, is that a right assessment that he's kind of a he's kind of out there sometimes? He he is definitely out there. Um, yeah, just a, a workout nut, and it's really fun to watch him. To watch him pitch, so I think anybody that's watching this this NL Wild Card game, he is just so controlled. I, I've never seen a pitcher as controlled and as um, like there is no way he he tips any pitches because he is so consistent with his delivery, his timing, and he, he's just a machine out there. He's so much fun to watch. And is he like a ninety three, ninety four guy with movement? Is I don't I don't remember him being overpowering. What's his uh, What's his arsenal like? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all about the movement. Yeah. I mean, he's got the right handed hitters. He he's got you know a pitch that just drops, and right handed hitters can't do anything with it. And so um, that's mainly what it is. I mean, he he can throw a little bit of heat, but it, his his movement is just insane. 
I was watching that last Pirates game. I think they were on Sunday Night Baseball. That's probably what I was watching. And yeah, I mean, he didn't miss a target once. No, no. It's it, like I said, he he is a machine, and it's been so much fun to watch him, especially here in the second half of the season. And it's it, you know, if there's if if there's anything to make Cubs fans confident about this wild card game, it's it's Jake Arrieta. And if the offense, you know, is full of and. and the offense kind of gets overshadowed. I mean, this is a, this is a, a Cubs team that has um, ten, uh, or, or I'm sorry, nine uh, batters that have ten home runs or more. So I mean, they can hit the long ball, and it's like a, you may only need one for a Jake Arrieta start. How has how have the Cubs hit from him? <laughs> What's that? And it may come from him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. How have the Cubs hit Cole this year? Um, well, you know, it's kind of like they've hit him okay. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It seems like they faced him like in the middle of the season, and I think they got three or four runs off of him. But it's 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 he's it's like facing any ace. You know, I think if you can, the the goal is to if you can get a scratch out a run or two against him. And one thing that this Cubs team has done that's really impressed me, considering how young they are, is that they have seen uh, more pitches per plate appearance than any other team in baseball. And what that's allowed them to do is to get into those bullpens Mm -hmm. to chase those starters out of there. I mean, they've just driven up. I mean, we've seen, you know, pitchers leave third, fourth inning repeatedly, fifth inning, um, because they just drive. They see so many pitches and and they lead the they lead baseball in strikeouts and walks. But, you know, if you're striking out and you're seeing eight or nine pitches, that's not a bad strikeout. And and it's usually that third time to the order that they really kind of like sink their teeth into a pitcher. So, unfortunately, the, the Pirates have a really good bullpen. So I think it's going to be a grudge match. Well, that's kind of reminds me of what the Yankees used to do to Pedro back in the late 90s and 2000s is, you know, he had like a 500 record against them, but he would never give up many runs, but they'd always knock him out after like six and two thirds innings because he'd be up around 115 pitches and they'd take advantage of the bullpen. But if you're telling me the Pirates also have a nasty bullpen, that might not be a good plan. Yeah, they have the Pirates have the best bullpen in baseball. Uh, They have the lowest DRA. Um, And and what's funny is uh, the uh, Cardinals, I believe, have. Uh, the second and the Cubs are the third, I think. Uh, yeah, it's crazy because you look at this National League side of the playoffs and the type, the the, the top five ERAs in baseball uh, team wise are the five National League teams that are in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the it Mets... definitely seems like the National League is a lot stronger this year than the American League. Just looking up and down, I mean, there's just with the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are just a machine. It seems like every year they're they're hovering around you know ninety to one hundred wins. Um, and then, you know, the arms that the, it's really the pitching. I mean, the, you see the pitching in the National League with all the young kids that the Mets have um, mm-hmm. with the top two guys that the Dodgers have. I mean, it's and then all the arms that, that we're seeing in the in the NL Central. It's pretty impressive. There's a lot of a lot of good a lot of good uh, pitching in the National League this year. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun to watch this summer. I mean, I've really enjoyed watching the Cubs face good pitching because that especially in the regular season when it looked like the Cubs were going to be a playoff team I mean they they uh, ate well you know I was saying that we predicted 83 to 85 wins if they would have won 85 games uh, they would have still got the second wild card spot so I mean they had a really nice cushion Um, and so it's been a lot of fun to watch this really young offense face really good pitching I mean and you look at the Mets I mean not to jump ahead but uh, the Cubs were seven and zero against the Mets this year, and wow. 
you know, they faced their pitch. They were there for Syndergaard's uh, MLB debut and, and beat him in that game. And so it's, um, they, they've faced ace type pitching as well as you can expect a team to, to do against that, you know. I was just going to ask, you know, I didn't even think it was possible for three teams out of the same division to have 97 plus wins. I mean, that because right. you play so many times against one another, you figure if, if you're all good teams, you're going to go somewhere around 500. It's hard to get up around 100 wins, but they've just totally beat up on the rest of the league. Yeah, and this is the first time in baseball since since they introduced divisions um, that the three top records in baseball were from the same division. But yeah, you, you factor in, I mean, you could see that if it was like 95, 90, and 88 wins or something like that. But the fact that it's 198 and 97, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like this is a Cubs season. <laughs> and, and especially as, as a National League fan and a National League Central fan, like this is a season that I don't, I don't think we'll ever forget it. It was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, plus you got guys like Chris Bryant coming up, and he's probably the biggest star in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and um, but the, the funny thing is, is then the, you know the year after they drafted Bryant, they drafted Kyle Schwarber. The Cubs kind of have taken this approach of drafting the strongest college bat available, and it's allowed. You know, they just drafted Schwarber last season, and he's already an impact player. Um, and and so it, everything's kind of like come together with this timeline. You know, they it's like, I don't know. Obviously, that's why they're in charge of the Cubs. I'm not, but <laughs> it's fascinating to watch like their timing and all of this and how everything's played out. And the um, I mean, the uh, the like organizational pitching isn't quite there yet, but that's why they went out and got John Lester. But, yeah, there's just so many Chris Bryant and and Kyle Schwarber and hopefully, you know, Javier Baez can can continue to play the way he's playing and bring some of his power back. But, and, and yeah, then you have your grizzled veterans of Starling Castro and <laughs> Anthony Rizzo that are 25 and 26 years old. I know, I it's funny because the, the, um, the kid, uh, what was his name? Uh, the way he went, he got sent down. He struck out a ridiculous amount last time. You just said his I'm name. Baez. Baez. Yeah. He was on my fantasy team this year. So I, I kind of saw what he was doing. I had him in, I stashed him pretty much all season. Um, so I was kind of watching what he was doing in AAA, and it seemed like when he got back, because he got injured, I, I believe, after right around the All Star break, if I'm right. not, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he was in a he was hitting the ball very well in AAA, and uh, it just looks it just it seems like you guys need a, a place to play these kids because a lot of them play similar positions, right? Castro's moved over to second base now, is that right? Yeah, and that's been part of the fun, you know. And so, well, Castro was there. What play? That was his shortstop. Was his position for you know four years or whatever, five years. And um, that's part of. I think that's a big part of Joe Madden's brilliance is that he's kind of these. All these young kids have bought in Mm -hmm. to just kind of playing wherever. There was a game last week, or maybe it was earlier uh, at the end of last week, I think. And Chris Bryant played, I think, four different positions. Wow. Um, two outfield, third base, and first base, I believe. Um, and, and so these kids are just kind of playing all over the place, and it's worked. I mean, it hasn't been a they haven't been a liability in the field. Um, but but you know, so Castro kind of gave up his starting spot. He was slumping so so badly, and he was playing awful. And they um, it was 
really fun to watch because what they did was, you know, they basically benched him, but then they started working him back in and playing him in matchups that were good for him. And so then he kind of got his feet back under himself and he batted like 420 or something in the month of, of, uh, August. Um, and so it, that's, that's part of all of these, uh, so many of the players coming up were middle infielders, right. but they've been able to kind of like move people around and, and platoon and all sorts of stuff. So that's, that's another thing that's been, you know, pretty fascinating to watch with uh, Joe Madden. And let me let you in on a little, just a little bit of a, you know, the, the controversy and, and the pain that we've been going through this year. One of our, one of our top prospects is a second baseman, uh, Rob Refsnyder. And we've been dealing with Joe Girardi playing Stephen Drew, who, pretty much batted 170, 180 on a good day uh, for three quarters of the season and running him out there every single day, lefties against righties. It didn't matter. I mean, he was our everyday second baseman where we had, uh, you know, this kid, this prospect who, who came up for a weekend, hit a home run in Boston, got sent back down after the All-Star break um, and just never got an opportunity because he's, they, everybody kept saying his defense wasn't ready, his defense wasn't ready. But you got Joe Madden over here flipping guys around different positions, just you know, kind of learning on the job, getting that, getting seasoned as the as the uh, as as the season progresses, and and now it's you know you've you've got a you've got a bunch of guys that are ready for it, and um, and Rob Refsnyder is now up on our team. It's probably going to be our starting second baseman tomorrow night. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's interesting to hear the the different the different mentalities. So, um, different different stuff, huh, Andrew? Yeah, and it took uh, – we all thought that Girardi finally caught on and started to play Ref Snyder the last couple of weeks of the season, and then it comes out a few days later that Stephen Drew had a concussion, and that's why Ref Snyder was playing. So right. it wasn't even like uh, the, the manager made a, a move to go to the younger kid. Uh, it took a concussion for, for us to get that. So Forced his hand, yeah. 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 But, um, you know, you, you mentioned um, Chris Bryant, uh, and, and the fact that – Madden has confidence in him to move him around the field. I mean, that pretty much proves like he's the real deal. I mean, everyone already knew that, but for him not to get rattled in a situation like that, some of these rookies not to get rattled, um, that's got to give you a lot of excitement for the next, you know, decade. Yeah, and a lot of it is that so like Cubs fans, we we look back on the you know 2003 and and you know even 07 08, we look back on these and before you know back to like. 84 and 89 you look at all these instances where the cubs choked and the cubs did not come through and it's like you know what these kids were in like fourth grade they don't even know that they're supposed to lose. Right. they don't Doesn't understand matter. yeah totally, totally new situation right and i think yeah and so it's it's just been uh encouraging to know that these kids i i think they want to like uh chart their own path, I guess, or whatever they, they want to, um, make a name for themselves. And it's just the perfect group of kids. The fact, I think it would even be different if it was some veterans and then maybe two or three rookies. I mean, this is a team full of rookies, really. I mean, there's a couple, you know, Dexter Fowler and Miguel Montero and just a couple of players that have a little bit of, you know, like, I think each of them have a couple of games of playoff experience, but I mean, even though it's been you look at how they've played this season and they won 97 games by being too dumb to lose. And then but then there you have that sinking feeling of but can they handle like the real pressure of a wild card game or beyond? Yeah, I mean, but it's one of those things that um, 
I think Madden's the right guy to be in the situation where he's not gonna he's not gonna his team's not gonna get tight. I mean the he right. brought a, a young Rays team, got him to the World Series, and then got him back to the ALCS the following year, or, or it was vice versa, whatever it was. But you know he was able to to um, make sure his team wasn't you know over overcome by the moment. So I'm I'm expecting the Cubs not to be overwhelmed uh, Wednesday night. I hope you're right. <laughs> and if I want to talk about Theo, because as Yankee fans, we know what Theo did for the Red Sox in 2004, um, you know, ended that 86 year uh, drought. If he could do the same for the Cubs, I mean, that's got to go go down as probably the best GM in baseball history at that point. Right, which makes sense why he took that job. I mean, yeah. if, if if you can uh, if you can make it happen for the Red Sox, what's next? It's got to be the Cubs. And um, I just it, it's it's been really cool to see him put this whole thing together. And um, I'm hoping that like if if they were to win the World Series this year, that there's not like just this kind of like oh okay, so we accomplished that. <laughs> Because I think there's a long ways to go. And, and that's one thing that they talked to when he and, and Jed Hoyer came to the Cubs was that they wanted to build this thing for sustained success. That it wasn't about, you know, they could have gone out. I mean, you know, the Cubs have a, have the financial flexibility that when they were hired four years ago, they could have just gone out and bought a bunch of free agents and tried to do what previous um, GMs have done with the Cubs. But they were really interested in building something that could sustain itself and so right. I, it's not like I don't think I don't think Theo's going to like go out the front door if, uh, you know, if if the Cubs uh, manage to win at all this year. But um, I, I would like to see him in Chicago for years to come. Yeah, I mean, going out and spending three hundred million dollars in the offseason is not exactly sustainable. And that's not what you hire a guy like Theo Epstein to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I do want to also mention, uh, something that's kind of going on with the Cubs. Uh, you mentioned Oh three, um, you, you could have faced the Yankees in Oh three. Um, I actually would have rather faced the Cubs and the Marlins. I feel like the Marlins were one of those teams that were too dumb to lose as you've been talking about. And they ended up winning the world series, but Oh three, Steve Bartman, everyone knows what happens. And now it pops up that the Cubs fans got a GoFundMe page trying to get him to this wild card game. What the hell is going on in Chicago right now? Well, I mean, let's let's be clear that that most Cubs fans, I mean, first off, we Cubs fans, we have the reputation of actually holding 2003 against Steve Bartman, which I think that the night that it happened, I don't doubt that people kind of lost their heads um, because you're looking for a a, a scapegoat, for lack of a better term. (laughs) Uh, and, And so I think that. By the time we all woke up the next morning, it was kind of like a, you know, I would have done the same thing in his situation. Then you had um, a one of the newspapers in town actually published his name and his address. Things just got so carried away. And Bartman has chosen to stay out of the public eye. Um, he still lives in Chicago, uh, the suburbs, but wants nothing to do with anything, doesn't want any anything you know i mean I he's had a lot i don't blame him i mean his life i didn't realize she was still ruined. in the area yeah i didn't realize she was still there i thought he moved to florida i thought there's like rumors of bartman sightings i thought, I thought he was in florida <laughs> yeah, somewhere. it's like bigfoot whenever you see bartman it's like <laughs> yeah, saying bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah but i i mean 
you know, and that's where like this GoFundMe thing comes up and it's like, come on, just leave the guy alone. He clearly wants to be left alone. He, that's what he wants. That's what he's chosen. I think we as a fan base owe it to him to leave him alone. And I'm, I'm not one like, you know, I don't believe in curses. I don't believe in the curse of the goat. I don't believe in Bartman curse. I don't believe in any of that stuff. And so um, I, it, it's like I instead of like it being like, oh, let's um, let's, uh, you know, invite Bartman to this game just to kind of like repay him for, you know, the, what he's been through and how this kind of changed his life for the worse and everything like that. I think it's perceived as a, Oh, this is our chance to break the curse. We need Bartman there to break the curse. Right. And, and I, I just, you know, there, there's so much about this, this world series hunt, I guess that just drives me nuts. Like the whole, you know, back to the future part two thing. And, and just all the, you know, if you didn't know in back to the future part two, when oh, Marty Mc- I'm very aware. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's all these people talking about that. I went to Cubs convention. There's a guy dressed like Marty McFly with a hoverboard <laughs> and, you know, it was like, you know, obviously, Oh, it's going to happen. Cause it was in back to the future and just all the talks of the, you know, the, the goat, the curses, Bartman back to the future. It's just, I don't know. And, and unfortunately, as we get ready for games to be nationally televised, those are the st- we're going to see the Bartman clip over and over starting Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and the further that they get in the playoffs, the more we're going to hear that type of stuff. And it's just, you know, I guess red fans red, or uh, Red Sox fans had to put up with, you know, the curse of Babe Ruth or whatever and that Bill was. Buckner. Right. Right. And, and, um, and until, until you win it all, I guess it's just something you have to put up with, but. I mean, the so last that's, thing that's, Bartman wants is to go to um, PNC Park or whatever it's. Is it still PNC Park? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and have the camera focused on him. It's like right. he's tried to stay out of the public eye for whatever twelve years since it's or fifteen, whatever, however long it happened. Uh, the last thing he wants to do is show up in the public now, have the Cubs lose, and then have people blame him again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. The Cubs. It's going to be a. It's going to be a, a beautiful story. The Cubs are going to win the World Series, whether it's this year or at some point in the future. The Cubs are going to invite Bartman back. He's going to throw out the first pitch. He's going to be beloved. They're all. Everybody's going to be put it all behind them. It's going to be like Buckner coming out, uh, like they did at Fenway, and and all will be forgiven. That that's exactly what it'll what it'll be like. Well, I just hope. You know, I look at the guy. And it's like, okay, so he was a, a an NLCS game, and, and uh, I can't, you know, you know, you guys probably know what those tickets cost in uh, yeah stadium. I mean, at Wrigley Field, where we don't see these things very often, those tickets are through the roof. And this guy had a front row seat. Mm-hmm. I can't think of how much money he spent on that. Loved the Cubs, and now can't really, you know, it's it's changed his life as a fan. And I put myself in that position, and it's like. I just feel so bad for the guy. I mean, he was by himself listening to the game on the radio. Anybody (laughs) who sits in the stands by themselves listening to the radio broadcast is about as hardcore as it gets. Right. And now he can't, you know, maybe he can go to Wrigley and just go incognito. No turtlenecks. No turtlenecks. Right. No green turtlenecks with a blue crew neck. (laughs) Um, But you just think about, you know, like I said, you just put yourself in that position and it's like, that really sucks. You know, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. And 
I I hope that he is still a Cubs fan. I hope he still gets to gets to go to games. He has to wear like you know a fake uh, uh, mustache or something like that. I don't whatever it takes for him to get there. But um, I don't really feel the need. I, I suppose afterwards, if if the Cubs win the World Series and he he you know is able to visit Wrigley Field and and not have to be in disguise or something like that, then more power to him. But really at this point. I feel like the guy's life has been ruined enough. Just whatever he wants is what I want for him. <laughs> I think Fair that's enough. how I would feel as well. Uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to you know, put myself in his shoes. I don't know if I would still be a Cubs fan after everything, but uh, hopefully he is because, as you've mentioned, this has been a great season. So I think that guy needs a little bit of positivity in his life. <laughs> I need so too. All right, so um, before we get out of here, let's just talk about a little bit some of these other series. You know, the Cardinals, uh, I feel like quietly, <laughs> won 100 games this year after they had a number of injuries. You know, how did they just year after year seem like they're always good? Well, um, I mean, as a Cubs fan that hates the Cardinals, my easy answer would be hacking. <laughs> uh, but we'll go beyond that. Uh, they have a, They have a really deep system. Um, and they just have this ability to bring up guys that are no names and they play well. And that's just, it's, it's a very, it's just a really good deep system. Uh, this season there were obviously so many offensive injuries and losing Wainwright in a freak injury, uh, early in the season. Um, pitching really did carry this team. However, their pitching has fallen off big time, uh, in the last month or so. Uh, their starters are not performing like they were earlier. The, the Cubs faced them uh, twice in the last month and just just beat up their starting pitching. Um, and so I, I and then it's since, since they've lost another good starter in Martinez and Yadier Molina is potentially out. Uh, he's been out for a couple weeks now, and they say he's going to be on the roster for the NLDS but um, he's going to try wearing some splint or something. He has like a sprained thumb on his catching hand, but, um, it's, it, I, I really feel, I feel that whoever, so, so, uh, the Cardinals will be facing either the pirates or the Cubs. I honestly think whoever comes out of that wild card game should be able to take care of the Cardinals. I mean, they just, um, where the Cubs and the, the pirates are both playing really hot right now. The Cubs finished the season winning eight in a row and the Cardinals finished their season by being swept. And it just, it doesn't, I, they have this weird around here. We call it devil magic where it just makes no sense, but they'll like just some freak hit. And then the, you know, it's just, they can be down like nine to two and somehow they'll manage to score eight runs in the ninth inning. I mean, it's just what they do, but it feels like their luck is running out. And especially with the way they've played in the last month, I I don't think they're going to be dangerous, which is weird to say of a team that just won a hundred games in a regular season. But um, I, I really think that either the Cubs or the Pirates should be able to get past the Cardinals fairly easily. Those are pretty confident words. Those famous last words, Corey. <laughs> I know, I know, and they have our number. But I still feel I, I just I've watched them play. Um, I live actually I live in Central Illinois, so I get Cardinals broadcasts and Cubs broadcasts. So I watch a lot of Cardinals games, and uh, I, I don't. Of course, they always have you know just your your fluky uh you know david Eckstein type player just you know guy that should not be able to even hit a baseball and ends up winning the world series for them i mean they just had a 
David Freeze. And, I was going to say David Freeze is a perfect example. He hasn't really done much since then. Yeah, no, the, no, and they never do. <laughs> the two times I was rooting for the Cardinals, they lost to the Red Sox in the World Series, so they're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so, I, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty confident, and I think with Ariad on the mound, I, I would be confident as well. Um, as Scott said, uh, I think we're both pulling for you. I think um, I think the Cubs making it deep into the playoffs is is – a good storyline, um, and that's just a likable team, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think I really look forward to the rest of the country being able to watch. We didn't get very many like primetime broadcasts this year. We got a couple. The Arietta threw a no hitter uh, against the Dodgers in one of the primetime yeah. Sunday night games. Um, and and uh, by the way, did his press conference afterwards in a uh, mustache onesie. So there's <laughs> that. yeah. that's what I'm saying. He's a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> so um I I uh I, I yeah I, I I think they have a good shot but I think that um I think that if they can get past this wild card game I I think that the country is really going to kind of fall in love with this Cubs team because they are so much fun to watch again so young they're just kids and they there's a lot of personality there and so I I, I really hope that the rest of the country gets to watch in the postseason what we've been enjoying all season long and I think you're right. I think that is going to be a, not only the story, but the Cubs obviously not winning and then uh, just having this this young team. And people just seem to like Joe Madden as well, just from what I from what I understand. Um, so I, I definitely think you're going to see a lot. The ratings are going to be through the roof for sure if you guys win. Um, so hopefully you can get to that Cardinals game. On the other side of it, it seems like the, the one of the, the – the both teams actually, the Mets and the Dodgers, I mean we have a little bit of, I guess – uh, we got, we got some stuff in you know at stake with that game in the sense that Donnie Baseball Don Mattingly is is managing the Dodgers, so you're going to get a lot of Yankee fans rooting for him. Um, and then you know the crosstown rivals we hear you know a lot about the Mets who are going in you know fairly confident with these young guns. I mean they've got a bunch, they've got five studs uh, that are ready to roll out. So it seems like it seems like the Mets and the Cubs are probably the two youngest teams going in with a lot of confidence. Yeah, that that Mets Dodgers series, I think it's going to be a lot of fun just because I really enjoy watching pitching. Right. And to me, it just feels like that's going to be like a series of one to nothing and two to one games. I I totally agree, and yeah. I know Kershaw is probably the best pitcher in baseball. I think he's been that for a few years now, but his playoff record is terrible. Um, if he doesn't man up in these playoffs and pitch well, I think there's going to be some serious questions going forward in his career of him being sort of a choker, sort of the the A-Rod criticism until 2009 when he finally came through for the Yankees. Yeah, I think this is a big year for the Dodgers. Uh, Not only does Kershaw have to kind of get that monkey off his back uh, in the playoffs, but... You know, there've been there's definitely been a lot of a lot of things swirling. I think for Mattingly as well. You know, with this roster to to make some serious advancements in the playoffs. So I think there's a lot at stake or a lot at stake uh, for the Dodgers in this first series uh, against the Mets. At least getting out of this uh, ALDS. So um, you know, I don't know which which guy you'd rather see, and I you know, I, I don't even like talking about that because to me, I'm just setting myself up for <laughs> to get disappointed or to eat my words. Um, but you know, even seeing the the Mets young guns going against the the young lineup of the Cubs to me would be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I, and I'm okay with that matchup right now because the Cubs, as I said earlier, beat them seven games to nothing this yep. season. So, of course, that means they're probably due, but right, right. I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of one of those things that um, you, as Scott said this before, but it's it's hard to say why well, I want that team because then that always comes to bite you in the ass. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and you know, there there are no 
easy series from here on out. I mean, e- each of these teams are really good. Yep. And, uh, you know, as a Cubs fan, the Cubs are going to have to battle to beat any of these teams. They're going to have to battle every step of the way. And so the, on one hand, it's like, I, I'm not really looking forward to any particular matchup. I mean, I have my, I, I really want the Cubs to be the ones to knock the Cardinals out of the playoffs. But past that, I don't really care who they play. I just, I just want to see some W's. Yeah, you can't think that far down the road. Then you're really getting ahead of yourself. Right. All right. Um, well, this was de- definitely good, uh, g- good to learn about uh, some of the National League teams. If uh, A lot of our listeners might not have known much about some of these teams. And it's good to get a Cubs fan uh, perspective going into these playoffs. Corey, is there anything you want to uh, pub before we close out here? Um, well, I guess if, uh, you know, maybe anybody that's listening has the Cubs as their NL team, uh, we do our episodes um, during the season. We do them twice a week um, and then the off season we do it once a week. But uh, here in the playoffs, we got episodes basically coming out after every game uh, that they play. And we're going to do like post game live post game shows and stuff like that. And you can find everything at IVNV.com. Awesome. And where can people find you on Twitter? At IVNV. Awesome, Scott. Any last words? No, that's it. I'm, I'm, you know, this is a this is a year. I'm definitely looking forward to watching all the playoffs. I think there's a lot of interesting storylines throughout the, you know, all of Major League Baseball. So, Corey, definitely good luck, man. I uh, hope uh, hope the Cubs are do do well and um, and you guys go far in the playoffs. And you know, if in a perfect world, maybe we'll see you in the World Series and get back on for that. Yeah, like a uh, what 1932 rematch. Let's do that. <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks, Corey. Thanks a lot, guys. They tried to make me go to rehab, I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. All right, we're back. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show we're going to be talking about this CC news. Um, Scott, this caught me by surprise, man. I gotta totally shift gears now. We're just talking, like, uh, you know, telling telling these uh, NL guys uh, about the American League, and, and try, I was trying to be like optimistic about the Yankees. And now I gotta talk about this this crazy bomb that hit today. Um, so yeah, I had. I mean, I don't think anybody saw this coming at all, unless you knew what was going on, on the inside. Um, obviously, uh, no, he's had a couple Cashman run-ins. Didn't even know. So Cashman yeah. in his press conference said they had no clues. So well, even- they're saying that. I don't know if that's the truth, but um, you know, we we've definitely seen him. You know, with that incident up in Toronto, now now I'm looking back at that, and you know it's just crazy because he's been pitching so well. I know. So you know, look at the end of the day, it's a it's a guy struggling with uh, with with alcoholism is what it seems like, and you know I hope that CC gets better and 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 gets everything taken care of because um, you never want you know, you know obviously you never want anybody to go through that. Um, you know at, at, that's that's the personal side, the baseball side. I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, it's just strange timing. It's weird. It's I don't know. It's just very weird. Yeah. So let's first get the on-field stuff out of the way. This hurts the team. You know, CC's not 2009 CC, but he was pitching pretty well this last couple weeks. He was probably going to be the game two starter if they make it to Kansas City. And now you're taking him out of the rotation, and you're probably bumping up Michael Pineda a day. You're putting maybe Adam Warren in the starting rotation. Um, so this this definitely hurts them on field. No, absolutely, because he's been probably he's been our, our, our second best pitcher uh, over the past month, you know, month and a half. Ever since he's come back, uh, he's been he's been pitching very well and and you know getting a lo- getting more length than most guys and keeping the Yankees in game. So 
Yeah, it's you know uh, as a on a on the baseball field, it's disappointing because you know he was pitching better, and uh, you know I had a lot, I had more confidence in him than in the playoffs than any of these other guys. Yeah, he's um, a big game pitcher. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yes, we have Severino who's pitching very well. Um, you know, hopefully, I, I I have no reason to say that he can't handle a big moment. I think he can. Um, Tanaka is obviously our number one, but you know, from there we're talking about. We're talking about Nova. We're talking about Pineda. Um, you know, who knows if Evaldi can come back? We're talking about Warren. So, you know, like I don't have the most confidence in in Nova. He's been very up and down. Um, and, and you know, from there, it's uh, CC was definitely the next guy up. So, Pineda's been Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I mean, who, who the hell knows what's oh, going to happen? I don't trust Pineda at all. You know, hopefully Evaldi can come back and 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 get in there. But, but he's, he's probably going to slot out. in. Yeah, he's probably going to slide on the bullpen and Warren's going to be the starter. So Yeah, that's what I would expect. It's just a lot of unknowns at this point, really. Um, you mentioned the timing of it. Um, it. It was very weird to announce today, this is Monday, right after the season, before the playoff game. Uh, you, you sort of asked the question, you know, why is he announcing it today? He could wait another, you know, 36 hours, see what happens in the one one game wild card. If the Yankees win... And he definitely needs to go to rehab, which you got to respect. You know, he announces it and, and, and they deal with it. But if the Yankees lose, then he can deal with this personally. And, and he doesn't have to make this public of a statement. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, I agree. The, t- the timing of this was strange. You know, I was listening to uh, to a lot of the, the radio guys today just when this happened. I, I turned on WFAN. I was listening to Michael K for a little bit too. And, you know, it seemed like I, there were a lot of guys calling in that had had previous experience with uh, alcoholism and just addiction in general. And, you know, the big, overlying, the big overlying statement was that, you know, when you're ready to admit you have a problem, you don't wait. You, you do it. And uh, so that very well could be. I mean, I don't have – you know, I don't have personal experience with this. Um, I've never really uh, dealt with many, anybody in my life who's had personal experience with this. So I don't know what it's like. Um, so I can't really talk about that. To me, it seems like, honestly, like I really wouldn't be surprised if something were to come out that, that something happened over the weekend and, uh, and, and that he was kind of forced into exactly. to doing this, some kind of a, uh, a forced situation. But again, man, it's, you know, I, I feel kind of weird talking about someone's personal life at that time. It's not really uh, my business when it comes to the, him off the field. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something else came out. Yeah, I totally am with you on that. Um, it, it would not shock me in the least bit. Um, hopefully it's nothing too serious if more news does drop. Um, but it kind of makes you sit back and, and look at those celebration pictures and all those videos a little differently, huh? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He was right in the thick of everything. And, you know, I, I just hope that he can get everything together. It seems like uh, you pointed out to me his Instagram post was it was something. Yeah. Uh, it was like well, a dog. It was a dog picking up uh, his own dog shit. And it so just why said- don't we mention that? Yeah, so CC um, Monday night posted a meme of a dog raking up dog shit, and it said, <laughs> just trying to get my shit together. So you can look at this two ways. CC is, uh, you know, he's in good humor about this. He realizes he has a problem, and, uh, you know, he's going to deal with it. Or you can say, you know, CC, what the hell are you doing? This is a serious situation. Um, you announced that you're not going to be with the team for the playoffs. Um, how about you just shut up and go to rehab at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I, people are going to say that. Um, but again, I don't know how to handle uh, th- this this type of uh, issue. And obviously, this is a very personal issue. So there's there's one person that knows how to handle it, and then obviously it's it's between him and his family. Um, so I mean, he's he's taking the uh, the making light of the situation. I think maybe he's probably doing that for everybody else. In all honesty, um, and, and just. Just saying that, hey, he's in good spirits and, and he's getting this stuff done. So, you know, look, I wish him the best. Uh, he's, he's here for another year. Um, so, 
need him to get right and, and come back and, and, and obviously get his life together and uh, hopefully be able to contribute to the team as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just another hurdle the Yankees are going to have to overcome if we want to make a deep playoff push. Um, Why not, man? Add yeah. it to the list. Let's go. Now now we're, we're – you know, honestly, and, and I was listening to Girardi and Cashman's uh, press conferences today, um, and Girardi, one of the reporters asked, you know, is this is this going to be something that the team rallies around? Is this, you know, like a, a do-it-for-CC type thing? And, you know, I know that they're already kind of doing uh, – they have Yogi in the back of their mind as well. And, you know, he, he flat out just said, absolutely, I, I do think that that could be because he has a very close relationship with a lot of these guys. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys will rally around this in a sense that, hey, look, our, our guy's down. Um, uh, us winning would probably be pretty good medicine for someone who's not doing so hot. So – um, so let's get yeah, it, man. But, let's, but let's get it. Alcoholism is not exactly like a a death or or something like cancer where it's out of someone's control. I'm not saying it's not a big deal and it's not a serious situation. And I know alcoholism and addiction is a disease, but at the same time, this is CC's fault. <laughs> so no, I, I mean I get it, but the, at the same time, is it's it, it, they're they're all they're very. It seems like they're a very tight knit clubhouse. Hey, if they can um, rally around it and make a yeah, playoff push, and it I'm really doesn't matter what the problem is. The fact of the matter is that they have a close friend who's going through an issue that wants to be with them, so okay. they want to do well for that guy. And I, I could absolutely see that as a as, as kind of a you know an internal motivation, especially for these younger guys, man. That kind of want to show a little something and, and show that these vets that hey, you know they're they're part of this Yankee family. They're they're ready to go. So, you know, look. I just, I just wish the dude uh, all the best, and and uh, and hopefully he gets everything straightened out. Definitely agree. All right, so this is uh, Monday night. We're gonna, you're gonna be listening to this podcast, this part of the podcast on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, some point. That means the game Tuesday night happened. Um, Scott and I are gonna do a podcast right after the game ends on Tuesday, and you'll be uh, hopefully have listened to that already. It'll be up uh, very early Tuesday morning, right after the game. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. And uh, at this point, I'm sitting here hoping that we're getting ready for Kansas City. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.